Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we talk to the co-creator of The Approach over at Boom Studios, Jeremy Hahn, as well as we talk about other stuff on the podcast, comic books in general, the world of comics, a little bit about how bad Jason Hurley's tastes in Christmas movies are. But check out this episode right here on capesandtights.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as Spotify, Apple, and all your major podcasting platforms. But for all of that information and much more on the world of comic books, comic book movies, games, toys, all that stuff, check out capesandtights.com. But this episode is with Jeremy Hahn, co-creator and writer of The Approach over at Boom Studios. Enjoy, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you. Absolutely. You're wearing your yellow hat. I see that quite often on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, it's now that it's winter, I got to keep the head uh, as as warm as possible. I think you know the the thing about when you when you start you know buzzing your hair, uh, nobody explains. You know, like like oh yeah, men wore nightcaps in movies because they were generally old and bald. And, yes. <laughs> needed to keep their their heads warm so uh yeah yeah body temperature you just cover the head yes during the pandemic uh the the height of the pandemic i would just buzz my hair i used to go to the barber all the time and that's one of those weird things that like summertime was fine then the wintertime i'd be like oh my gosh and i started Mm -hmm. to like it and then my wife was kind of like you need to go back to the barber yeah no i went to the barber now i have an actual haircut uh that i didn't do myself so uh yeah you know i uh i would I don't know. I, I, when, when my hair started, you know, kind of, kind of doing the thing, you know, I was like, I was like, well, I was like, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to do early Bruce Willis. I'm going to do like, you know, like, like, like later where he just realized he's going to go ahead and buzz his hair. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, then, then you look at somebody like Walton Broggins who, who like, you know, unjustified, you know, he's yeah. just, he, like, his hair is just insane. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can't, not everybody can pull it off either though. Not saying uh, that you couldn't pull it off. I'm just right, saying right. not ever. I could definitely not pull it off. My dad was the same way. My dad was like, okay, if I'm going to start it's getting too receding, I'm just going to go the whole thing off mm-hmm. and not do the whole, uh, you know, around the outside thing. But yeah. enough with hair and grooming and things like that. We could talk comic books, even though I could talk <laughs> anything I wanted to talk about. But yeah. um, I just like getting started by talking to, to people that are on the podcast to talk about how you got into reading comic books in the first place. Uh, not like working in comics, but how your love for comic books got started. Yeah. Um, I grew up with a single mom. Uh, I have two younger brothers, uh, but one's two and a half years younger. The other's 10 years younger. And, um, you know, a single mom, we were incredibly poor, especially when I was really, really young. And so, she worked at a little dime store and there was a spinner rack in the store and we never had any money for anything. So Charlie, the guy that, that, that ran the, the pharmacy, the dime store um, would tear the comic book covers off. And then instead of throwing away the comics, he would give me those comics, those coverless comics, um, which I think was a huge gift. I mean, a, we never had anything ever except I would get, comics that you know 
that just didn't have the covers. It took me forever to realize comics actually had covers, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, and honestly, it just grew from there. I think that um, I started reading really early because of comics. And I think my mom really dug that. Um, I was later, like I was around 10 or 11, uh, I got sick and had to go to the hospital. And um, my, my grandmother went and uh, I was going to be in the hospital for, for a couple of days. And she went and went to the local grocery store and bought every comic on the spinner rack. And these had covers, these, but, <laughs> but, but that really even, you know, it, it went from being something that like, when I was a kid, I we would go to flea markets or, or whatever, you know, and you'd get like a, you know, a stack of massive stack of books for a buck or two kind of thing. And so I always had like really discordant books you know you'd have like like gi combat next to archie next to you know superman next to you know a, a weird back issue of the x-men that you know like was missing like pages from it or something like that you know you, you get these really weird things and then but my grandma when she brought me those there were a couple issues of things in there and, and like those uh, I, I specifically remember um, uh, Elf Quest, the uh, Wendy and mm -hmm. Richard Bean, mostly, mostly Wendy, but like uh, uh, the that book was coming out from Marvel. It was the colorized mm -hmm. edition, and issue three and issue four were both in that stack of stuff that mm -hmm. she got, and it, and it really it. it kind of kicked off the sequential bug. It, it made me realize that like all of these stories were connected, that there was yeah. a, you know, there was a, a flash 86 and an 87 and that story connected, you know, went on. And so I, after that, I was just like, well, I want, I want to find as many comics as I can, you know, and, and living in small towns, really small towns without comic shops, you know, you kind of had to find them where you could, but so we, I started convincing them to let me drive to the larger city and not well, to drive me, not to let me drive. I'm still like <laughs> 12 at this time. Uh, that would have been really an amazing story. But, um, but I ended up going to shops and then finding those, those, all of those issues. And even realizing that like a lot of these shops had back issue bins where you could get, you know, you may not be able to get, caught up on much of anything but you could get you know you go and you could find that you know where you know this was a good jumping on spot in in the x-men and then i just dove in deep it, it, it's i love people's origin story like i feel like that's a cool thing to get into because i've talked to people on the podcast before where they're like they're like oh well i'm just an artist and all of a sudden i know i just fell into comic books i really didn't even read them prior to right. drawing or, or, or anything like that and uh everyone i think has a slightly different story and mm -hmm. you know the the ripping the covers off thing is kind of funny too because then you end up you actually drawing and illustrating color covers and later on in your life yeah you didn't even get that first initial like selling factor of a book was the cover of the comic book. right right well <laughs> and it's it's interesting too like how how you come into comics really does affect so much of that stuff like i 
forever, I was more of a sequentials interior guy. I always thought about storytelling and things like that. And, and there's, there's weird issues. Like I, I ended up with a lot of like, um, like, you know, EC books and like, like, you know, it's like sixties and seventies weird horror stuff or, or, you know, stuff that was, was not necessarily superhero stuff that I'd, I'd kind of end up snagging. And, and I think a lot about like the illustration style in those and the storytelling and that really informed a lot of, a lot of what I love. I mean, I, I, I love comic covers, but like, it's just interesting how I didn't, when I was very young, I didn't see many covers. And then I got older and was still obsessed with so much of the stories. Well, I mean, I think a lot of us, we, you know, some people who got into comics more recently, uh, you know, they may not understand that I mean, variant covers weren't around forever. So it's yeah. like, if you weren't the artist of the actual series, you didn't get a chance to do some X-Men cover or whatever, right. uh, you know, and having that be an option nowadays for some people. I mean, some people make a living. That's all they do is variant yeah. covers and covers for people. And uh, which is kind of cool. I, you know, that's kind of yeah. like, I make beer can labels for a living. So that idea of one single image for a can mm-hmm. and it's done and then i move on to the next thing is right. something that i really enjoy i mean i don't right. know if i could do a sequential art uh you know storyline thing I, drawing the same person over and over and over again it's not something that i think of it's not that i don't think i could right. do i just don't right. think of it that way i want to do the one and done kind of thing so right yeah yeah i i mean i, I think there is you know it, for for covers specifically, you're you're look you're thinking about iconography. You're thinking about something that is one issue that speaks to, you know, maybe it doesn't speak to the issue because I think that happens a lot now. Is like we 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 need something that speaks to the series, let you know, not not to the specific issue, issue. And, and that's been a a thing like really lately. But like you know, back in the day. You'd have, you know, you'd have the interior artist also drawing the covers often, like occasionally mm. you'd have other people doing it, but it was mostly, you know, if, if it was, you know, obviously Jack Kirby is, is yeah. you know, a genius regardless, but like, you know, Jack Kirby drew the insides of the book and, and the cover itself, you know, Will Eisner would, would do both, you know, and, and, and it's interesting that like the way that th- these, these individuals had to learn everything. Mm-hmm. They had to know how to how to do, you know, s- no, storytelling, sequential moments. They had to be able to tell a clear, concise story. But then they had to, like, really knock it out of the park with one iconic image that would make people want to look at it. And I think now, there, a lot of times, I feel like there is a tendency, um, there's a tendency to kind of push people into into like oh you're a you're a cover artist camp you know or oh you just do you know interiors and i think that i think that first of all i think that while we we love you know putting people in in little boxes <laughs> being like oh you know you're you're the you're the interiors person you're the you know i think that we need to choose what kind of creative we're going to be and, you know, for me, one of the biggest decisions that I really made was after, after three years being told that I was just a, an interiors guy. I was a, I was a guy that, that was day to day, you know, going to, going to draw the, the guts of a book, which is awesome. And it's, it's great. But like, 
I also chose that I wanted to figure out the iconography for myself. I wanted to, I wanted to look at covers and, and figure out not necessarily just how other people did that, but how I did that. Because I think that that's an incredibly important thing, figuring out your own path for illustration. It's funny how you say the, the putting in people into boxes. I had a, uh, he's now a buddy of mine, Joseph Schmalky, uh, on his artist, but he, call, he calls himself a storyteller now. And I said, Well, what would you like to be called? What do you tell people that you do for a living? And he's like, Well, I'm a comic book storyteller because yeah. he does do covers, interiors, mm-hmm. the script, the writing. Every, I mean, he does, he doesn't do lettering anymore because he said he did that once. And he's like, There's special people that could do those covers. Right, right, right. But, <laughs> and obviously, he doesn't edit his own books, but like he, said, hey, I want to be a comic book storyteller. And, and I would say put you in the same category because of the fact that you do covers, you've done interiors, you do storytelling and writing. And so like by telling someone you're a comic book artist or a comic book writer or cover artist or interior artist, right. it's not you don't encapsulate everything that you do. So a right. storyteller would be what I would consider calling you. Well, I, th- I think so. I think, I think that like there was um, years and years ago, I remember uh, Barry Windsor Smith released a project that was called, literally called Barry Windsor Smith's Storyteller. And uh, I, you know, back from his Conan work, uh, I, was, I was a huge fan of, of the stuff that, that, that he did. Um, you know, he did some X-Men stuff, like the life death stuff. And, and uh, I, I, was, I was a huge fan of, of Barry's stuff. But when... Barry Windsor Smith's storyteller came out. I was like, well, that's a little bit, you know, hoity toity. <laughs> and I think it's, and I think, and I, I think that's when, that's when yeah. we were really trying to be like, well, they're graphic novels. Like we were really trying to legitimize ourselves. But I misunderstood what Barry was sort of saying there. And I think Barry, Barry you know, I, I don't know, I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I could, I'm just, just completely guessing, honestly, <laughs> but like, but, um, but I think he was talking about it on the level that you are. I think, I think it was, it was not, it was not a pretentiousness thing. I think that literally he was talking about the, you know, the people use the term cartoonist similarly, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like um, somebody that, that does all the things and, 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 and is not just, you know, a writer or a penciler or an inker. Um, as you know, as I've gone, I've found myself picking up more skills. You know, uh, different things. I, I and like you, you know, you said about your buddy. I've learned how much I respect the work of of letters and and colorists and designers and 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 I mean, you you, you joked about you know he he, does, he doesn't do his own editing, but um, but editors also <laughs> deal with so much stuff and get just disrespected right yes. and left. You know, I I have had situations just in the past couple of months where like I've been working on something and called my editors in a near panic and just been like, is is this gonna happen? Is this like what's you know, what's going on here? And and I think a lot about how they are hurting cats. You know, they're, they're just putting out as many fires as they can. And yes, yeah, so editors, 
in spite of not, you know, not always being, you know, everybody's favorite thing to point to, editors really work very, very hard. Everybody work, you know, that does this process works really hard. I've, and I've learned as I've done more where I'm doing completely creator owned stuff or like I, I did homology uh, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. this big uh, black and white short story hardcover collection. And I loved every step of it. But I wrote the thing, penciled, inked, and lettered. I didn't do it in color. I wanted to do it in black and white yeah. because I love black and white. But um, but then I had to, you know, I had to like work with uh, an editor on it, and we had to step in and actually uh, like work with with printers and and talk about all of that process and. Sometimes it's just very nice to send something in and just have it appear later. Like, you know, I'm not sure that I am a complete control freak enough where I need to do everything all the time. So yeah, like, like your buddy, you know, you, you, uh, you get good people to work with and kind of, and then empower them and, and, you know, show them the love. That leads me to the approach and, you know, you and, and Jason Hurley, yeah, you guys have obviously partnered together before on other projects as well. But like, what led to the idea of you just you and you and Jason just writing it? I mean, I know you've done some covers and things like that, correct? With yeah. like, you, yeah. you have someone else doing the interiors. Was that just you know timing or just the the fit for the project? Or um, I'm too busy. I mean, like like that. I mean, like there, I guess that's the most practical thing. You know, is um, you know, as time goes by and you figure out what kind of artist you want to be. And I'm almost talking more about like stylistically what mm-hmm. kind of artist you want to be, the level of detail that you want to put in the images and the things that you want to do. You know, some people, smart people, I think, uh, you know, simplify their style. Mine has gotten more complex, more involved, more design oriented, a lot of, you know, a lot of things. Um, I fall in love with text, you know, texture, you know, mm-hmm. like doing doing ink splatter and all these things, which makes things take a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I really had to be very intentional. Um, there's, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of creatives have like their their laundry list of projects that they want to do. You know, like in my, you know, like. This is my list of the 20 stories that I want to tell in my career. And but no, you're good, you're good. Uh, I was, I was, uh, but like I have that laundry list, but I keep adding to it too. Like I just keep having, you know, so it's it's 20 things, but then like two will fall off. And then I'll add three. So then I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and and I'm constantly doing that. Like I'm constantly finishing a couple things or one thing and then adding two more or another one. It never, it never really dips below 20. Most of the time it just balloons up. It gets closer to 25 or sometimes like there was a point, um, there was a point right before the pandemic where uh, the list of stuff that I wanted to do 
was pushing like towards close to like 27 things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've really gotta, gotta work on getting some of these things off my list. So with that, I realized if, if it takes me like a solid year, because I'm also balancing other stuff that I'm doing, doing covers, writing, developing stuff. Um, you know, if, if I'm, if something I'm drawing, if I'm drawing like the interiors of a, of a 120 page graphic novel, it's going to take me a year to do that. And a year is a long chunk of your life to be doing stuff. And so, so if that list is, is 27 things and, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 right now, you know, I'm, I'm 47 years old. I don't know that I'm going to be able to get to all of those, you know, like when I'm still going to want to work, you know, like mm -hmm. eventually I do want to, you know, like may maybe, maybe just, I, I don't know, like, uh, I'm I, like, he didn't retire, but like, but like Mike Mignola yeah. retired, you know, and was doing like watercolor paintings all the time, which they were still, they're still amazing cover quality watercolor illustrations of the kind of stuff that he does but you but you can tell that he still needs to make things mm -hmm. but you know he's not necessarily sitting at the table drawing issues all day every day and you know eventually i you know i do want to get there we're gonna have to get there like you know, I, I can't i can't keep this up forever but and, I, and also you know that's not even getting into stuff like relevance you know staying relevant to to the industry, to a community. Um, but so I, with the approach, I, I wanna work with people that I trust and, and Hurley is somebody that I, that I trust and love and we've been friends forever. And us, us finishing the beauty, we did the beauty for 30 issues. It was like over five years that we were working on that project together. That's a long time to do something. And when we finished the beauty, we we're like, hey, we want to do something else together. But it's not going to be able to be another 30 issue, five year <laughs> kind of thing again. Like, we just can't do that yet. I was busy doing stuff, trying to find balance. So, um, you know, the idea, you know, we 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 always sit down and like Hurley'll have ideas and I'll have ideas and we kind of talk about them like oh you know I'm working on this thing or we should work on this thing mm -hmm. you know and so we have a lot of that sort of thing together and and the approach came out of that uh, Hurley actually worked uh, here in Joplin we have a, a small airport just outside of town and it's like you know. 15 minutes from here. And, but you know, we live in the Midwest. We, in the Midwest, we get those ice storms and it shuts everything down. And so while it didn't go quite as crazy as the story of the approach, Hurley had more than once where he slept at the airport because of ice and snow. And, and so we kind of had a, you know, he, he, he was like, oh, it'd be really cool to do something set at, an airport like that during that sort of thing and the story just built from there 
And it's funny you answer the question about why it's only five issues, but that makes sense too. Cause, cause I, I see that more and more now. I mean, the people I talk to on the podcast, the majority of them are in mini series or, 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 you know, macro series. Like they're not in this, you know, 37th issue of a series. They're, they're, they're doing these five issues, six issues, 10 issues, eight issues, uh, which is really cool. Cause I also think that it's something I can jump into. Like, I feel like, you know, if you buy issue one, I can commit to five issues. Right. If, right. if you go on an ongoing series or you know it's going to go 30 or 40 issues, it's like, well, if I don't like issue one or two, I don't know if I'm going to continue on. Even if I didn't like issue one, I would continue on with five issues. I right. think you can get into five issues. It's not a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. I live in uh, in Maine, in Bangor, Maine. And so I, I know ice storms and things like that. The first summer I moved or the first winter that I was living in the area that I'm in now, uh, in 1997, we had a massive like week long, no power, mm-hmm. like ice storm. And, and so that's obviously something that hit somewhat of a chord with me uh, here. And right. we also have an international airport, but the international airport that you can drop people off at the gate. Like, it's not yeah. like uh-huh. this massive airport. You drive right up, you um, you open the door, they get out and they basically walk through security and onto the plane. Right. Right. So it's an international airport that's still tiny. I lived in Boston right. for a little while. And it's not anywhere near that size. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah I, could, I could picture that happening as well. Um, but you know, I, I will say is Jesus's art works well with you and Jason's writing. Like I did like, I absolutely love the beauty. And I think that obviously that whole team worked well together as well. But this to me, I think is something about you and with Jesus and obviously the coloring as well. I don't know if I right who did coloring, but yeah, Brett Weldy did right, the colors yeah, yeah. on that. And yeah, you know, uh, I mean the whole art team, uh, you know, uh, Man, making comic books is not easy. I, I will, I will, I will say that um, you know, just just lining things up and just you know, like working together and, and figuring everything out is uh, is not always <laughs> the easiest <laughs> process. And uh, and the the art team, you know, especially after the pandemic, I think one of the things that we dealt with a lot was like we all had to scramble, you know, we went, everybody went pencils down, um, which was in comics. I mean, margins are pretty slim as it is. And, you know, we're all working, you know, as much as we can. A lot of us had to, had to really jump in and like, and like, take emergency projects, illustration projects, you know, Hey, you know, I can do card art. I can do any of these, you know, things, beer cans, you know, kind of thing. Uh, Not not, not honing in on your, on your territory, but, uh, but like, but like we, you know, everybody had to figure out other side gigs during the pandemic. And one of the things that that really did was also shifted every long-term plan Mm -hmm. because you have to be pretty proactive in this industry like you have to sort of think a year or more out at a time to try to sort of not have dead space where you're not you know you're not doing something for a long time or you're trying to get something approved or you know uh understanding that that things take a while and don't always line up is a hard thing and i think that so many of us especially artists were like trying to take on as much as we could so that we you know could pay pay our bills and everything <laughs> right but um but it also created a thing where like 
everybody is so busy now that like that now getting people and getting 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 the right team together to work on something isn't always easy and um uh you know um the combination of jesus and our our inker finisher uh leah who's also working on the book and then brett weldley who um who is our colorist on it who actually worked uh brett worked on uh he fully illustrated uh an arc of the beauty he did he did he's done colors he did colors on uh, some of the finale of the beauty he did um he did colored 40 seconds that i did with chris mitten over at comiXology brett is an amazing talent and it's just but getting those three individuals together and like letting them do their thing and and you know uh seeing how they complement one another especially you know not not to diminish not to diminish the line art at all but like the way brett pulls it all together with the color is a really lovely thing i i i uh brett brett deserves every bit of love who's responsible for the logo uh that's actually the design team okay, at okay. boom and okay. we we really uh you know it's it's very interesting working with a company like Boom because they they know what they want out of stuff a lot of times you know like like they pick projects that fit their model but also fit like sort of slots that they're you know like oh you know yes we want we want to do a horror book here I want to do a crime book here and there's there's a whole thought process that is above my pay grade but like I. Uh, they they have a team that came in and they always pitch a logo uh mm-hmm. you know uh, you know like oh yeah this this pulls in these elements it feels like this or whatever and and you know uh sometimes even my ideas for stuff i'm like i'm like what about this and they're like might be a little clunky for what we're you know doing or whatever but then they they back it up and they have really good designers that they work with and forgive me i can't remember exactly who i i know that i know know that she i think that she did the red mother the the logo treatment for the red mother too but um it's it is uh, veronica gutierrez and maria crupino i did a design so that must be that must have been them that did that then I was just, I am ecstatic about it because I feel like that's something I've talked on the podcast before is something that I've realized that has been falling off here and there in some books that I pick up where I look at it and I just, as a designer, I just look at it and go, okay, this is put out by a, a major independent publisher right. and this is right. what you chose for <laughs> for right. a logo. It's like, to right. me, I don't know, I might be just in the minority as a designer, but like when I look at it and I go, that doesn't look good. Why would you right. do that? Right. Uh, you know, I could do that two seconds and my eyes closed better than that. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm even that good. It's just right. when I look at it and I go, this is actually attractive to me. And I will say like, you know, you know, in it in dark in color on here and the lighter color on too, it looks mm-hmm. great. So it fits, it fits your guys' vibe uh, really well in that. And I will say also, uh, speaking of the interior of the art, as someone who lives in a state that snows a lot in it, that snow, it looks like, like I love the way that it looks like snow. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like snowflakes or anything like that. But when it's snowing, I love that that treat the texture and everything on it looks really good. So 
I was very happy with that when I opened up and saw snow uh, on there. I, I, I think that we, we talk a lot about the feel of the book and, and I, you know, and that's, um, there's never enough time to develop mm-hmm. these things. Like, like, I mean, for, you know, for being honest, you know, even, and I, and I completely understand what you were saying about like lack- lackluster logo design, mm-hmm. but like, you know, so much stuff often is made as quickly as possible. You know, we're trying to just, just do the best we can. And, but there were several times during the process of, 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 making the approach where we sat down and said, all right, we need to, we really need to take the extra time to focus on this aspect to really nail it down. And it, it happened a couple times in writing the story where there were things that like, um, we, uh, Hurley and I just, just went on a really massive promotional tour for the approach and we wrote on the road some, but like we actually had to kind of not, we, we, we backed off and didn't write the, the, the end of issue four until we got back here because we were writing on trains and in hotel rooms, and stuff, which is fine. And we can do that. But I think, and, and I think it's easier, like, like if I'm writing on my own, I can do that better if writing with two people though there has to be a real back and forth and like uh you know i I joke that like we're we're, we we sit there on our on our laptops kind of across from each other and we're writing into a google doc so we both see what's being written in the google doc we look like we're playing battleship we just like (laughs) like we're like really intensely you know doing that thing and um but we we put off writing the end of issue four until we got back from the tour because we really needed to think through some stuff and take the time with it. And I think that that's something that happened has happened a couple of times during the series is like, we're not delaying stuff haphazardly. It's not like, Hey, you know, I mean, like we used to joke a lot that, you know, like creators would be like, you know, wanting to play video games instead of doing, doing their jobs or something like that. And I think with this specifically, there were times with the look where, we, you know, we had to have a conversation and be like, you know, hey, this is something that's really important. Let's step back and mm-hmm. and work on this a little bit more. Just, be, you know, and one of the things that, that I think that really gets hard is like, you want to respect the publication, you know, the monthly audience. You, I, you know, it needs to be good for everybody and the way that they do things, but the trade paperback is going to be the thing that people hold on to. It's going to be the thing that they're going to look at, you know, in a larger setting. And I, and I, and I think, you know, like that's the thing that's going to last for years. And if it doesn't work, if it doesn't fit, you know, if those little elements of, you know, like character development or making it feel environment, you know, like, like we really talked a lot about like the the color palette with Brett, you know, about like it needs to feel like this. It needs to 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 be a cold, threatening place, you know. And, and we we worked through all of that and kind of came up with something pretty 
that we're very, very happy with in the end, I think. But, but some of that stuff takes time. I just want you guys to be on a, a train somewhere or, or somewhere in a public place and you're, and you're on your laptops across from each other and you, you don't like a line or something that he, the other person is writing and say, I'm going to sink your battleship and just yeah. delete that out of the document and see what people say around you. That's, that's fine. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that there was, there was specifically one train ride where I think, I think people really were trying to figure out what we were doing because we would, we'd like, we also talk while we, yeah. you know, like we're talking back and forth. And so, you know, like, I'll, I'll say a line of dialogue and then probably be like, oh, that's stupid, you know, and, and then and then he'll he'll re-say it back to me with, you know, with a change. I'm like, OK, yeah, that works. And so much of it, like we we do it. We just have to seem like weirdos, you know, when we're when we're, we're going back and forth on on this stuff. But uh, yeah, we need to work in. You know, you sunk my battleship into. Uh, I'm gonna like read a book from you guys at some point in the future and send me a line in the actual book, and I'm be like, aha, I know where that came. Uh -huh. from. Um, I'm guessing uh, the team over at Boom helps with the variant covers. Like, do you get to pick who gets to do variant covers, or is this something they approach you? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, the thing about it, like, you know, um, right one Variant covers, yeah, Francesco. I mean, first of all, it's just fantastic. We, mm -hmm. you know, and and um, both Francesco on and Megan uh, Hutchinson mm -hmm. on on issue one, but then Megan actually is doing like the B covers for all the books, the the horror movie movie poster kind of, I guess, airplane movie poster uh, variants, and. Um, you know, we 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 know both Francesco and, and Megan personally, and and you always try to get like good people that you love their art and you like them as people, and and I think that that was the thing with with the team is always like you know you try to bring in people that you like first of all, you know that and luckily we know incredibly talented mm -hmm. individuals that that kill it every time. I mean, there's. You know, there's a reason that Francesco is one of the most sought after uh, variant cover artists out there. He's just, he's that good and does, you know, does amazing things consistently. Um, but we, you know, the, their boom also comes in and says, you know, like, hey, this person's hot right now. You know, we should, we should do a cover with them. Um, mm. There's a, uh, you know, there's there's always a situation where you'll you'll you know like i regularly start following artists on instagram and you know talk to them a little bit and then i'm like hey would you like to do a variant cover for whatever and you know sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't uh you know but but we we really lucked out with the approach and got you know some fantastic cover artists you know i said i love this car cover but it, i think i picked it up originally because of the spot gloss honestly uh-huh because of the, the I, mean, I looked at it from the show i must have like i think i got it like a week or two after i got my cover a right and i just see like from an angle of the lighting in the comic shop and i was like wait what is that yeah. and i think it, it, it works great i know brian k vaughn is completely against variant covers but what i always sell a variant cover is is a regular who buys hundreds of dollars of the books every week at my lcs uh, uh galactic comics and collectibles in bangor 
they um, he bought this because he's a huge Francisco fan. And so yeah. he had now has a copy of The Approach because of his favorite comic book artist being right. Right. Artist. So like that does wonders, I think, for small and maybe potentially unknown um, properties like this that can do something for so now he read it and he, he went out and bought issue two. So it's like right, right. that to me is huge too. So I think there's a, a mixture of getting the right people to do your books, but also, like I said, if you brought into who does it, you might get into some categories of, you know, my buddy's a big Scotty Young fan as well as I am. And if you do a Scotty Young cover, maybe you pick up a book that you didn't normally pick up. I mean, most yeah. of them are Marvel, but he does do other right, stuff. Right, right. And I, yeah. And there's a, the variant covers do that. Peach Momoko is another one that people you know, from a distance can see that. And then to me personally, one of my favorite artists of all time is Michael Del Mundo. And he does oh. this exact same thing to me. I might pick up a book that I would not normally pick up if the cover is just like breathtaking like that. So not that your cover A is not amazing, but. No, but you know, but, <laughs> but I think that, you know, uh, I think that we sometimes in comics get so set in this idea that like the way that I appreciate a thing is should you know it's kind of the only way like mm -hmm. forever I grew up being a Wednesday warrior right mm -hmm. I went I went you know you're talking about spending you know 100 bucks a week or more you know kind of thing and I you know I was I was that guy and mm -hmm. then you know as you know I have so much less time now because I'm constantly writing and drawing but like the stack of stuff that i have to mm -hmm. feed beside my bed is like most of the structure of my room at this point like i'm pretty sure <laughs> my house caves in it's going to be due to the weight of comics but like because i prefer reading week to week or preferred reading week to yeah. week doesn't mean that that's the only way to do things mm -hmm. and you know like like you know digital has come along and i you know at first I was like, I'm not a huge digital guy, but then like there's certain things that I just buy digitally because it's convenient in the moment. You know, I was on, I was on a tour and I would, I would go and I, you know, I, I'd buy different comics or different trades at each shop. But then there were like a couple of things where I was like, I'm literally running out of room in my bags to actually pack more stuff. I kind of wanted to read a couple of things, so I bought it digitally, yeah. you know. And then I got home, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll buy the trade. Yeah. And and I think that there's different ways. We fandom is different for all of us, you know. And and you know, like, uh, is Brian Kavon wrong for saying that he doesn't like variant covers? No, no, that's just that's how he feels, mm -hmm. and and that's valid, and I support that. And he could he doesn't have to do variant covers on mm -hmm. his books, absolutely not. But. I also understand when you're talking about, you know, like that there are books out there that people buy just because they see a Francesco, yeah, you know, cover, just because they see a, a Scotty Young cover. You know, there's there there are things out there where the, the different ways that we express ourselves as, as fans, the different ways that we enjoy fandom, we Yours is not like your your fandom is not like mine, but they're all valid, and we mm -hmm. have to kind of support that and understand that every little thing kind of 
makes comics work a little better you know and again talking about stuff like the margins in comics is like look you know if if you do it if you're smart about a variant cover and you do it as a company it could raise your sales by 500 copies a thousand copies more that's a big deal mm-hmm. you know and and that that only makes the creator that you appreciate do you know able to do more stuff and i think that you know as we go you get somebody like 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 vaughn i think that as you go he takes he takes really great care of the people that work with him Mm -hmm. you know like he and fiona on Mm -hmm. on saga and the entire team are really well taken care of you know takes care of his team but he doesn't necessarily need the extra sales of variant covers. He just believes in the stuff that he makes. And, you know, but I think that, and you get regular people, regular people, (laughs) but like, you know, us, us folks that are, that are, you know, you know, solid B tier creators or whatever it is, you know, make, making good books and putting them out there. And you kind of need every sale that you can get, you can get every pair of eyes and, you know, then you grow from there. So read how you want to read, like what you want to like, I have yeah. two copies of your book that I would not, I mean, think about it. It's double the sales uh, on this book because I bought a cover A and a cover whatever C, D, whatever it is on this book. And, and I think that's huge to me. And I think the majority of comic book readers, I mean, this is basically like a trading card to me at this point because I took it out of the, bo- of the packaging to show me, to show the, right. the, the shininess of it. But like other than right. that, it's going to be in this bag and board until the day I die, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this one will come in and out, but like this right. one will stay in there. So it, it, it's the majority of the books that I have behind me, I either have an audio book or, in, or in, on my iPad. I just mm-hmm. wanted the also physical copy so I could pull, you know, pull through here and there and in collections and in hoarding and all that stuff too. So it is a different in everything, you know, collecting comic books. That's why it's called collecting. You know, right. if you ask Diamond, there's no such thing as a collector. They're, they're create their periodicals. But if, <laughs> if you, uh, you know, most of us, it's collecting. It's the reading yeah. is, is somewhat secondary for a lot of people. Right. Um, but you know, from diehard comic book fans like myself, reading is right. number one. Right. Well, <laughs> I, but it, but yeah, but I and I but I just also you know like that that again just just proves the point that like like things how you like things, mm-hmm. you know. And like I, I do think I do think that it's very easy, and I know this is going to come as a surprise, but like that on social media, it's very easy to get up in arms about things but but um you know from time to time you you get you get fan you know fans even creators talking about you know like like people that don't have the same share the same view of fandom that they do and and yet they get angry about it and i just want people to be able to read what they want to read the way that they want to read it if you just want to get stuff digital i mean like look Unless you're going to tell me that you're stealing it, like, please don't steal it. It's it's it, this probably is the difference in feeding somebody's family or not. Yes, but you know, don't steal it. But like you know, read it. You know, read it digitally if you want to read it digitally. Read it and try. You know, like you know, I think I think that forever. You know, like you know, there there are reasons why you want to read things. Uh, music is is a good example, actually. Uh, everybody posted their spotify lists and i i get you know i get why people have spotify and everything like that but like spotify pays the least to their artists 
you know, of anything out there. So, you know, if you, I try to go to like something like Bandcamp mm-hmm. to buy stuff. That's generally a lot of the way that I get stuff. Um, you know, uh, I often will even, you know, go in and buy like something digitally and then I'll buy it on vinyl too. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that the music has a lot of direct correlation to comics and, you know, it's like, unless you're just like, again, unless you're just like swiping it, you know, you, you can read it anyway. The most effective way for you to read it is to pre-order it. Like, and I say effective, the most, the, the, the best way for creatives, for companies specifically, is pre-order it when it comes out. Like, like pre-order that book. So then, because if you have good single issue sales, you know, sometimes you don't even get a trade on stuff. Like most yeah. of the time you do. And I'm, I've been very fortunate in my career to have trades made of, of the things that I do. But like sometimes you don't get a trade. You know, sometimes you don't get a volume two. Sometimes, you know, and then like, so sometimes waiting for the trade is not the best thing. But also I understand why you would. Waiting for the hardcover gets even trickier because it has to sell well in singles and then it has to sell well in trades and then it has to be able to sell there has to be a market because hardcovers are incredibly expensive mm-hmm. to produce. Um, you know, so waiting for the hardcover is another thing that's tricky. And while I know that those layers exist, you know, I, I still want to encourage people to read how they want to read. That's, that's the thing. I've been a floppy comic book reader and, and I'm a cover A kind of guy. I mean, I get cover, if I buy a cover B or cover C, I, I buy the A and the cover B and cover C because right. to me, I just think that the cover A was the one that was designed, obviously, for the series, and it's just trying to sell the series as what it is. Um, but also, I'm in a comic book, um, like a graphic novel book club that we mm-hmm. have at the, the, my local LCS, and, and and we, I own. We just read last last week. We just finished "I Hate Fairyland" by Scotty Young, right. and I own these in single floppies. But yeah. like part of the reason why my LCS is doing this comic book club book club is to also sell trades to their customers. Right. So I didn't want to be the right. guy who's like, oh, by the way, I already have those issues. Right. So I was like, right. oh, and he gets 25% off to people who do the book. So I was like, oh, $7.50 for, for I hate. Now I can read this one instead of having to pull the, the floppies uh-huh. out and I can read this, you know, every day if I wanted to. I don't know if I'm going to read every day, but um, luckily I do see that. It seems like this summer, the approach will be out in trade. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to we'll it on the, that. But. Yeah, we'll get the approach out in trade. Um, you know, I just, I love getting to see stuff in different formats too. Like as, as, as just a fan, uh, like one of, one of the ones. So basically I've purchased Hellboy in every format that it's come out in. So I get the single issues and then I get the trades and then I'll get the hardcover and like the oversized hardcover. And then when they do it in sequential order, I'll go and get that. Like, uh, I've I constantly rebuy Hellboy, and it's just because that's that's one of my things, mm-hmm. the way it is. But I do love also seeing those things in different formats and kind of added design and things like that. And that's that's you know that's uber nerdy, but like mm-hmm. I, I I love seeing seeing the way that that stuff gets repackaged and. You know, I don't do it with everything, but but specifically like with Hellboy, that's something that I really do, and and I and I and I love seeing it in the different 
formats. And, and, and with my own stuff, it's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll see the, I'll see the artwork when it comes in. And then I'll see the finished thing when mm -hmm. it comes in digitally. And then I'll, I'll get the, you know, I'll get my comps of it and I'll you know, look at the issue and then I'll, I'll look, but then I'll, you know, look at it on my iPad, you know, like digitally, I'll look at it and be like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know, that's gorgeous. Like mm. digital, I, I will say that one of the things about looking at comics on the iPad, the colors are just stunning. You know, I, I love seeing, you know, comic book color on those because often it's exactly how it's calibrated. And you can, you can critique someone's artwork a lot harder too, though, because you could pinch and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, that line doesn't connect the way it should connect, or that, that's not right. as smooth as they probably wanted it to be smooth. But no. Yeah, yeah. I read because I... my my wife goes to bed. We would both get into bed around the same time, but she like goes to bed earlier because she right. has to wake up earlier. And I realize you can't like leave a light on in the bedroom and read laying down from a floppy or even a trade. So a lot of times you mentioned the different versions. A lot of time I own floppies for most things and have purchased it digitally mm -hmm. um, because of the fact that I want to be able to read it on my iPad, uh, you know, and, and luck, I'm lucky enough in the few that I, I don't have to, I buy it. I still buy everything that I review. Um, mm. Most of the, maybe if, it's, if I like it, uh, but I do am lucky enough to get review advanced PDF. So I can have that right. uh, access to that as well. So that's the good stuff about reading it digitally is I can read it on there and I can like, you know, if I need to, go back and find things and, and save pages for certain things. I can do that right. too, uh, which is nice, which you can't, I don't want to dog ear my trades or my, my yeah, uh, floppies. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, reading. There is something to be said about region digital, but there's also something to be said about the smell and the feel of a, mm -hmm. a physical book, whether it's a trade or, or it's a floppy. Um, I, and I do like the decisions making and the design aspect of it, how you separate if different issues in a trade and, and, and do you put all the covers in the back? Do you have special mm -hmm. covers that separate chapters? Um, I will say it. I'm not going to call it the actual book, but a recent trade just got released and they have the five issues that were in that trade. They picked the worst cover to be the cover of the trade. And I was like, you could have just done cover one from issue one and it would have been better than the cover you picked. It was like issue four or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, why did they do that? But yeah. someone up yeah. there in the, in the company was like, this is the best cover to sell the book. So we're going to put this yeah. on there. Yeah. They, I mean, that, that tends to, you know, there, there are times where I'm like, Oh, why did we choose that? But you know, again, ab above my pay grade, I guess yes, exactly. you just kind of just nod and, you know, uh, you know, and, and it's weird. Cause it's like, like I've done stuff where I've, I specifically asked like, Hey, I know that cover one was supposed to be the the cover that spoke to everything about this series, but like, man, cover three is actually really, really strong. What if we use that instead? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes, sometimes it depends. But yeah, it's it's a uh, it is weird when you see stuff and you're like, oh, you chose that one. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I mean, hopefully it does well and sells well because I mean, the book right. that did come out, I did like very much. So right. hoping right. that, that it, people do pick it up and buy the trade because of that cover, because I would right. like that cover to be that book to be sold more. Um, but it was just kind of funny seeing that, you know, I mean, have you finished writing uh, five, issue five? Uh, we are writing on issue five right now. Right now. That's today. We're, we're, we're writing tomorrow so that I can do this with you today. So yeah. Oh, okay. thank you. Thank you very much. Be honored. Yeah, so we're we're uh, wrapping up issue five right now. Uh, it's not we're it's not going to take us very long. Like it's 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 really things have escalated 
to a point with issue five where it's just like, all right, this is there's there's no there's no stopping this at this point. So yeah, we're just we're just basically you know we're just we're just transcribing all of the uh, the chaos right now. <laughs> there you go. So that's yeah. cool. I'm excited for that. And are you and uh, obviously you and Jason are going to work together at some time again in the future, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we, I mean, one of the things that that really becomes an issue is is having time mm-hmm. for stuff. And um, the next two years are going to be really pretty busy for me in a different way. Um, I I am currently finishing the last uh, seven pages of a gra- an OGN that I've been working on for well over a year drawing, um, and it's it's really hard. It's 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 been it's been a long haul because I'm trying to balance out you know everything else that I'm doing, and I also just want to you know again I'm a picky artist that you know, wants to rock everything that I'm doing and really, you know, like really give it the love and respect that it deserves. And so um, I am finishing that. I'm finishing the approach and I'm finishing another thing that I've been writing on sort of like all at the same time. So I'll be done on the the 23rd of, of this month with, with, should be done with all of that right before the holidays. There you go. And then I have a reset. And a lot of what I'm going to be doing in 2023 and 2024 is kind of uh, very calculated me, me taking projects, working on projects that that sort of fit a direction that I've been building for my career. Um so yeah, Hurley and I will definitely work together again because we love working together and we're, we're friends. But um, but a lot of what we're doing in 2023 definitely is sort of investing in in ourselves individually. I, I you know, and this is this is the thing about I think working co-writing on stuff is that um, sometimes I feel like people don't know. Like, well, are they only good writers together? Yeah. You know, like, like, what if, what if they go and do this? And like, one of the things, you know, I, I, I have been fortunate in my career to work in comics for as long as I have Mm -hmm. a much more of a known brand, but like, I want, I really want to shine a light on Hurley on his own a little bit too. And, And just, so I've really been encouraging him to, to write more stuff on his own to, to sort of build his brand a little bit. So then, you know, we can come back together and do more stuff and be strong, but people can actually be like, oh, wait, you know, it's not just, you know, it's not just the two of you together or it's not, you know, like I I never want people to think it's, it's me, you know, and then somewhere down the line, other people that I work with. I, I work with people because I love them and because I respect their work and I respect what they bring to a situation. And Hurley definitely brings something to what we do. And so I want to push him to, to do more on his own. And then, like I said, after, after having over a year and a half, closer to two years of sort of having to, you know, to finish up bit large scale projects, 
I want to, I'm going to kind of like the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to work on a graphic novel that I'm both writing and drawing, you know, it's just going to be all me. And, and, uh, that's going to take a little while, but it's, mm. it's definitely something that I've been excited about and, uh, building towards. That's awesome. And if anybody hasn't read, who's listening to the podcast is uh, red mother's also excellent. Um, I just, I know that that's a, I say solo project, but it's solo writing project for you. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was good. That was really, really good as well. So we can check that out. Um, is the beauty gonna make it to a screen somewhere? Maybe. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you, know, you don't have to spoil. You don't have to say anything. No, no, just, no. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, production takes forever yeah. on things. I, I've really. Um, there was there was a project that I did years ago and um, was one of my first big creator on projects and and it you know went, did well but like it triggered a like a little bit of a back and forth you know kind of I don't want to say bidding war but it was it was there's some exciting stuff that happened out the gate with it um, and that didn't ha- then it didn't get mm-hmm. made. You know, and then over 10 years later, it's back and it's more exciting than ever and some stuff's happening with it. And, and I had to, like, I had to kind of adjust my, my thinking, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, if this happens or, you know, when this happens, it's, you know, it kind of becomes like waiting for Godot, right? You, you, eventually it'll happen, but you just never know when. And the beauty, um, you know, we've had the beauty set up for for a while now uh, in the in the current iteration, and it's just timing. It's just timing as far as getting, you know, uh, everybody that's involved in it is very excited about it. You know, they they want to do a cool thing. It's just all the other projects that are you know in development and all that stuff, and how do you get you know this and that, but yeah, I think I think we we definitely stand a good chance. I, I got a text about it, um, you know, o- over the weekend. You know, like, hey, talk, you know, talk with our guy. You know, this this is, you know, this. It, but definitives. I don't have a date yet. But <laughs> well, I, it, it, people don't know. I mean, also, that's like I say, is that how many things? I mean, when something's based on another property like this, it's easier for the news to be out there, just you know, rumbling around. There's so many projects that are made for TV that you never even know they're ever even in discussion to be made at some point. So, you know, we understand as 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 fans of of comic books as well as people who report on it and talk about it, we understand that, you know, just because something ends up on the internet saying it's been optioned or is gonna make it to the screen, it's possible. And hopefully in the fact of beauty, because I love the book and I think it would make a great TV show or movie or something like that, it goes somewhere, but it's also an opportunity for it to not go anywhere at all. So, yeah. it, 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 you know, it is hit or miss and it depends on the time. Like you mentioned about Boom and having it fit things. I mean, I think bigger companies who make these multimedia projects also have to fit things in certain places at certain times. And, right. uh, you know, comic books do make excellent adaptations. We have seen that over and over and over again and hoping that, it, you know, more projects. I mean, I'd love to see The Approach, Red Mother. I'd love all, this, all these things to be seen uh as well as red because why not right I mean, yeah yeah no i mean i i i more you know something moving into other media for me means that i get to make more comics mm-hmm. like that's that's always the thing you know and you're know, talking about you know like 
talking about like announcements of stuff being optioned, it's like most of the stuff that I've, my, most of my creator owned stuff that I've done is optioned. Mm-hmm. Like, like, but that doesn't, you know, like, yeah. especially specifically with the beauty, one of the things we were like, we're not going to announce the option yeah. because like it's i don't know it's like what's you know it's going to take five years or seven years or however long it takes i mean you know there's there's there is stuff out there from friends that like you know uh you know they they have a pilot that that happened you know and, and it didn't go anywhere i mean i think i think one of the best examples of of kind of something that was in development from pretty much day one and then sort of it sort of happened and then changes happened was like powers is a really mm-hmm. good example you know powers was going to be you know a movie and then a tv show and then this and then it was finally a sony uh sony tv show <laughs> it was sony know. was a playstation network exclusive tv show yeah. oh there you go yeah 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 <laughs> and and like i understand how that happens and i understand mm-hmm. how that gets there and sometimes it, you know, like even even like hellboy you look at hellboy and you say okay well there were two del toro movies and then they completely you know decided they're going to reboot it and you know that doesn't work and you know so it's like will we get another version yeah. will we get a third del toro movie probably not you know will we you know but stuff shifts and and for me personally, I always think about stuff. You know, people are always like, well, "What do you, what do you think of of, you know, this adaptation of this beloved comic?" And I'm like, I'm like, oh, it works or it doesn't for me personally. But like, I also have the comic. You know, I have that perfect version. Uh, we're watching uh, the Sandman right now, mm-hmm. and re- really loving it. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic adaptation. It's a great TV show and and from from an amazing comic, but like sometimes it works like that. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get sometimes you get shows that are better than the comic. You know mm-hmm. that that happens too. And and you know it, it just it is what it is. And I just, I just hope the reason why I personally have I've talked with people and other in in friends and things like that on here about uh, option things or things that get me into other things. I'm hoping that thing is a marketing tool to sell the book itself. Like, I feel like because of like, for example, station 11, the mini series that came out on, I think it was Hulu or whatever it was. I read the book because I knew that was coming and I wanted to read it before. So I'm hoping it's a marketing tool of sorts that if the beauty does end up on TV or, or, or movie, you, you get to go out and buy the trades uh, or, you know, if you find the single issues here, what's funny is I got, somewhere over here a random sent to me i feel like it was on ebay or something or some sort of free comp i don't know what it was but i, I got a package uh, before i even knew what the beauty was it was a couple you know a little while ago and in the book in the package was a issue 20 whatever it was and it was signed by an artist that wasn't <laughs> it was probably the person who did the book or whatever but it was it was the funniest thing because it was like this random issue and I was huh. like, oh, it's signed by someone. So I'll just put it over there in a box. So right. <laughs> but it was the funniest okay. thing. And then I stumbled upon the beauty, I don't know, a little while ago. And I was just like, oh, I think I have one of these. Before. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I was just trying to, I was laughing. I was like, I can't believe I have this single random issue from like, mm-hmm. I said, it was like 21 or 22. Right, so right. I don't know what it was, but right. it was just kind of funny how that happens like that, that someone somewhere else had like 
a stack of them. Right. And we're just like, yeah. oh, we'll just send these out with people for free. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, got yeah. my buddy, that, that is, that my is buddy Ben Bishop wrote this. This is called The Aggregate. Oh, cool. It's uh, uh, Ben Bishop writes for or draws for uh, the, the last Ronin series and stuff like that. But he did this. It's a choose your own adventure. I can't use the word choose your own adventure because it's copyrighted, but sure, it's a sure, sure. he calls it split decision. So you just choose, you know, in there. Um, this is a Kickstarter exclusive that I was not a part of that I bought on eBay that signed and numbered. It's number 125 for $5. Right. right. <laughs> I told him and I was like, hey, man, I'm really sorry I didn't buy it directly from you. He goes, dude, you got that book for $5. Uh-huh. more power to you right <laughs> so right. some random person just didn't want him anymore must have supported him in the original thing and i got it for for five bucks so it, it's funny how things randomly show up when you're you're oh yeah and, and yeah. they connect in a different way but yeah well and and i think that you know i talk a lot about that like the comics industry is such a small industry you mm-hmm. know it's it's like on one hand you kind of look and you're like oh it's it's fairly big it's like no it's it's really not huge you know we all kind of know each other we we all you know like we all know how most of this stuff works you know and i i look you know i I look at things where like there'll be something that i'll I'll be cleaning out a box of stuff and i'll find like an ash can edition of a book that you know from like oh wow that i didn't even know that i had this and it's like you know something that like you know i've been reading ever since or mm-hmm. there was a or like you know i'll pop open something and i'll find like a little sketch from a guy that i met at a convention yeah you know 20 years ago it's now now huge or something like that and it's like all right well that's that's it's just it's a weird it's a weird interesting industry in the way that like you know we reflexively collect stuff sometimes and then we always put it, put it somewhere. And then we're like, Oh, wait a minute. That's, that becomes something that, that you, you love finding again later. I, I, I do a lot. Of, I collect a lot of um, like sketchbooks from creators. Yeah. Like, and, and like, it's really weird. I I've got like literally like, you know, and they're like the ash can style sketchbook mm-hmm. most, you know, mostly, but like I've got sketchbooks that are like, 20 years old and i've got sketchbooks from from creators that we've lost you know there's it's it's very very interesting going through and like you know seeing seeing the change in the industry through stuff like that from sketchbooks and stuff you know like uh where you know now now things are you know expected to be a little slicker sometimes you know or like but you know there's back in the day when it's like literally folded over typing paper that's printed on and stuff like that i love i love that sort of stuff it's funny i've just i've given away books that like i said some reason some people on ebay when they send it media mail they'll just like toss in a couple of extra books to like clear out their collection of sorts and i've gotten books before that i just gave to my lcs or gave to a friend's kid or something like that then like three months later find out it's this exclusive cover that even the person sending it didn't realize would be something. And you look online, it's a hundred dollars selling a hundred dollars on eBay now. And I'm like, uh-huh. so now whenever someone sends me anything extra, I just, I keep it. I'm like, right, you never right. know. It's never going to happen again. It's got, they're all worthless. It's just this mm-hmm. throw in stuff, but maybe one of these days it will pay for the next purchase I have. On exactly, exactly. So yeah. that's what that random issue of the beauty is going to be like, right? That one issue 
and what, is that, made into something. Yeah. It, when it's made into something, there's going to be something about that issue on the TV screen and the movie screen, and it's going to be worth some money. There you go. That'll that'll be that'll be like the opening scene from the first first episode. Like, it'll, yeah, and I'll have it. I'll be like, ah, look at this. The person yeah, who exactly. sent it to me. Well, uh, it'll be it'll be the one that was also massively under ordered or something yes, like that. Exactly right. Yeah, except by that one guy. But that one guy, he's like, he ordered all of them. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, the approach, uh, so issue one was out um, at in the stores last month. And then uh, November 30th, it hit issue two. Mm-hmm. Issue three comes out in December. Uh, and then we got- Maybe, maybe early January. It's, it's- Oh, I'm... January 4th. January 4th. I have it written down. Okay. January 4th. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. January 4th. So uh, get in touch with your LCS to get that. Uh, hopefully no stores have them left uh, for issues one and two because they sold them all because they, you know. Right, right, yeah. yeah you but, know, I, you know, if there is any at other stores, grab them at your LCS or um, do you, you you don't have any copies on your website or anything like that, right? You just. Uh, we have, well, so we did a secret variant, which is in brown paper. Yeah. Not because it's something that, you know. It's hurt. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's a bottle it's, like, it's a 40 like around a bottle of scotch is what it is which might be a genius idea i need to look into that um but uh but um it's 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 a special cover that we did and what we did was we took it to uh on tour with us and we have like one box there's not a lot of copies left yeah. we we we, because we think we're witty, we we printed six hundred and sixty six copies. Because you know, we're nerds. But uh, but we uh, but but we so we have one box, and I'm not sure how many are in it, but like a few copies left. So we put them up on my website. I I feel I'd always feel guilty, especially in because of the pandemic in the past couple of years you know, not everybody can get to shows. Yeah. Not everybody can get to store signings. You know, I mean, first of all, the tour was limited in the state, the United States, yeah. a lot. you know, like if you live in Canada or yeah. anywhere else, you couldn't necessarily get it. So, mm-hmm. so I want, so what we've done now is we've made those, the secret variants of the approach number one are available on my, my site. So people can get those, you know, it's a, extra special rare thing if you're if you're yeah. an uber nerd and, and just just like absolute rarity i think i think the secret variant is the lowest print run of any of the, the covers that we did so so you know there is that but yeah so that's i had it in my cart on black friday and i was laying in bed with it and uh my phone didn't have because i clicked on the link on instagram probably oh, and yeah. because my phone didn't have my credit card information saved because it was through Instagram, I have to start remembering to click the button. I was like, "Oh, I'll go get it when I get up," and then I forgot, and I never. Uh-huh. No, I. I like it saved me money, but in the same yeah. sense, I was like, I kind of wanted that cover. Yeah, no, it's it, it's something that I've I've been on, and the Black Friday sale is still on, my friend. So you can get that. Yeah. But, uh, but um, no, I've I've run into that a lot lately. Like, I have all you know. I have my phone. I, I you know I can. It's a one click kind of thing, right? And if it's going through a couple of different things lately, it like doesn't save that information. Nope. I'm like, damn it! Like, can we please like make this? I understand. This the, <laughs> I understand the, the extra security needs yes. if you're going through a third party or not, but you know, like you're going through an app. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, 
just sometimes just want to be able to like order, you know, a pair of socks that look like the, the carpet from the shining or something like yes. that. <laughs> which, which I was just going to say, I mean, as a person who lives in Bangor, Maine, uh, home of Stephen King, there yeah. is some great horror Stephen King artwork on your website as well as a shining uh, Nicholas uh, uh, um, on the, I was just saying Nicholas Cage, but it's not Nicholas Cage. Uh, <laughs> it's on my brain. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I are big fans of National Treasure, the movie series. Uh, right, and right. So as a bonus episode coming up in a week or two is my wife and I are talking about those two movies on the episode. So that's why Nicolas Cage is on my brain today. Yeah. But no, um, but Jack, there's the the um, I just like this literally your secret variant. And then the next thing over is a print of, of from The Shining. So check. Yeah, out yeah, yeah, I do. Uh Every well, except for this year because I was on tour. Uh, every year for October, I do thirty-one days of Halloween, mm-hmm. where I, I do a at least one sketch, warm-up sketch a day, featuring horror movie characters, and that, yeah. So, so there, I've got some pieces up, you know, some some of those little original pieces up on the site. So, yeah. I see the grabber well, from a black phone. Uh huh. Yeah, and like you know, some other ones. Yep. There. I, I think they're they're excellent. First of all, obviously, you know, not to make your head bigger in my day. I see some stuff in Squid Game on there. People are Squid Game fans, so okay. it, it's a uh, you know JeremyHan.com. Yeah, yeah, just just my name, it's JeremyHan.com. And then you there's a go, store button on there, and yep, then there's information on the there store. as well. I think you need to have. You should have done a variant cover of uh, Red Mother with um, um, what's his name, Carl from <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> With his eye missing instead of the mother. No, yeah. um, the uh, JeremyHan.com, you're on Instagram. Uh, if you want bad movie recommendations, go over to Jeremy's Instagram. Or not Jeremy, uh, Jason's Instagram. He's posting all these stupid <laughs> Christmas movies up there. I just, or, or I'm just going to suggest this. Lovingly do a 30-day <laughs> snooze on Hurley's account for Christmas. <laughs> just do yourself a favor, unless... You love extensive reviews of every absolutely horrible holiday rom-com. It, it, I saw it for a second there. I thought he was rating out of 100. Right. But he's doing 100 movies. And Watching. I didn't realize that it was like Home Alone. Two out of 100. I'm like, this guy has no idea what he's talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Movie two out of 100. Okay, yes, now yeah, I understand yeah, where he's yeah. coming from on that. Yeah. I mean, I will say I did watch uh, Black Christmas, which is pretty... Yeah, and then um, I watched Rare Exports. I'd never seen that one. I saw that one this year, yeah. which is good. I've watched right. a lot, a bunch of bad movies, um, and well, so there, I do. There's, there's there's good holiday movies. Yes, Hurley's just probably not watching them. He's, he's, <laughs> I, I didn't know some of these movies existed until I saw his I, Instagram. Well, he like, and I'll, I'm look, I'm busting his balls with all yes, this. But, yes. Oh yeah, but but reasonably like. He has a lot of love for holiday movies yeah. and just loves the ritual yeah. of deep diving into something like that. But like being on tour together, you know, he's like building up to his massive Christmas movie watch and like is so excited and telling you know, and like like I didn't realize how many Christmas movies Hallmark releases every yes. year. And That's it's insane. like there there are there are probably 25 Christmas movies released new every year. It's insane. I will say I did watch, not because of him, but because of something else. I watched The Killing Tree 
that he also watched. It is absolutely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's a, a <laughs> demonic, possessed, fake Christmas tree. And it kills people. It's just, it's, it's bad. It's really, really bad. It, it almost like feels like someone made it as a joke, but it's not. It's like it's a real horror movie. And so, yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. What I am looking forward to is the mean one. Um, is the new Grinch parody horror movie with uh, David Howard Thornton, who played Art the Clown on Terrifier. He yeah. is the Grinch or the mean one because they can't actually use anything for, right. for a movie right. because it's copyrighted. Huh. Well, check that out. Trailers oh. on our website, caseandtights.com. Um, okay. No, but check out jeremyhahn.com and then you're on Instagram mm-hmm. and you might be still on Twitter. I don't know who's on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter I mean, I'll, I'm not going to go anywhere. I just, I just, <laughs> you know, I just try to, I just try to bop on and post yeah. silly stuff and don't pay too much attention. Um, I mean, it's not going anywhere. If anybody has any thoughts that it's actually going to go anywhere, I feel like yeah. it's, it, it, it's, we're all still on there. Do you want to leave? I mean, I, ahead, I, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I think that like, look, it's, it's all, it's also tricky. You know, like Instagram was arguably my favorite mm-hmm. uh, social media experience forever. And then the algorithm, yep. you know, kind of uh, made it sort of, miserable and so mm-hmm. you know like so i'm like eh, i'm not as into it as i was you know and, but like as with comics you know one of the things that that i think is, is just like sort of a a tenant of who i am whether it's talking about whether it's talking about comics or social media or any of this it's like make your experience your experience you don't have to like do something just because somebody says you should you don't you should you don't have to stay on Instagram or Twitter because you've been there. You don't have to leave, you know, like just do what you do. And, you know, like I, I, I try to, you know, stuff affects me sometimes a little too much. And so I just try to like experience things on my own terms. You know, like if somebody's terrible, I'm probably not going to follow them. (laughs) You know, like, like, it's just, I just kind of have, I have too much work to do. So I'm just going to let it be what it is and then go on from there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but again, for us, for in, in the art of trying to sell something or, or, or tell someone about something, uh, social media has been a, a, been a wonder in that because I, I don't think that, uh, uh, you know, 10, 15,000 copies of a comic book would be sold if it wasn't for the internet promoting these exactly. things as well. Yeah. So it, it's a good thing. But I, I buy local, buy your local comic book shop to see if they have an approach. But I also talked to my buddy who owns a bookstore last week on the podcast about some like gifts that you should get people for Christmas or the holidays. And we mentioned buying local and shopping local, but in the same sense, the even better thing to do, I know I don't want to cut out the LCS, but buying from directly from the people who make the stuff too that's where they're gonna make a little bit more money on it uh oh, yeah. so if you're trying to support local the artists are also technically the creators are also local so yeah going to their websites like jeremyhan.com is a really good thing to do but again also shop lcs's because they are a small business as well cool. um, and, and so. that's yeah and I, and I think i think that you know i always try my best to have stuff available on my site but i also try to think about you know local comic shops like i'm not really i'm not really wanting to compete directly with them there's still stuff that i'm going to have on there because you know you get you get 
you know, like a, a, a fan from, yes. from Kenya, you know, that like literally sends it, you know, sends away from for, for your book. And it takes- I consider your website, people's websites for artists or creators, your website is a year round Comic-Con booth. Yeah, it's, no, it's, exactly. it's it, you know, it, the people who can't get, I live in Bangor, Maine, we have our own comic cons, things like that, but it, it, I'm not, in on a regular basis, I'm not going to be able to run into you at a comic convention unless I go to specific ones. And so having this ability to be able to buy things directly from artists and creators online is, is huge in my opinion. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, shopping local is great. And honestly, I don't want to say buy on big websites too, but if you buy someone's comic book or graphic novel from a big site too, it's a trickle effect too. The creator still got something out of right, it. So right, right. Like buying a, a creator property or some sort of book that someone worked hard to make, no matter where you buy it, it's good right. than buying, you know, a, I don't know, a, a video game or something like that. Cause right. it's not as, we, as connected. Yeah. We talked a lot sense. about, you know, small business Saturday and, and like one of the things that, that I think you may have seen it around a little bit, people posting about it, but like small businesses, like your local comic shop is a small business and it needs every bit of support that you can get. Uh, creators creators themselves, comic creators are small businesses. Mm-hmm. We are. That's like, like no matter how you look at it, you know, so every, you know, just you want to get something special for somebody, look, you know, look at your favorite creator. You know, uh, I think most, most of the time, if you're especially like image, image first trades, at least for you know like a lot of them are like 10 bucks yeah you know? and it's like everybody if, if if you love a comic everybody around you you know probably would appreciate your favorite comic you know and it's a 10 you know it's a 10 buck trade you know if you get if you get like a black friday special or get something you know like like you did with i hate fairyland where you got it for eight bucks you know it's like that's that's a that's a heck of a deal. You know, yeah. you can't really complain about that. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I am a big, you know, support small business, which includes, you know, brick and mortar stores and creators themselves. Yeah. Well, I also said, I told someone at the comic book shop the other day was when I was hanging out in there, it was also uh, eBay is a thing. And I know you can buy things on these company sites like eBay and things like that. But mm-hmm. before you go to look for something that maybe was just optioned or for some reason is going big, check out the creator's websites first because mm-hmm. I knew a ton of people who bought like $50 issue ones of 8 billion genies on eBay. Mm-hmm. And and Brian Brown was selling them signed by both him and Charles Soule on their website for $25. So mm-hmm. like check out the local sh- the right. local person yeah. to, or the artist, the creator first because it's all likelihood you can find that book for way cheaper. <laughs> You right. potentially get it signed or personalized to you. Right, you, right. So. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it, it, I, I get that it's a whole business. I get that it's yeah. what people do. But yeah, you know, check, check with creators. Like yes. sometimes even, even a very limited number of those ultra rare books, they probably are not like $5 or something yes. like that. But like, but you know, like, would you rather pay $100 for something or possibly 20? You know, it's yeah. like, check with the creators. That was my whole thing. It was the, it was funny though because I bought I did do that because I'm a big Charles Soul fan and, and I mm-hmm. loved A Bill Genius. I bought one of those to have for my collection, and then two or three weeks later, he ended up just showing up in our town and going to my LCS and 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 talking to my local comic book shop just by happened to be in Bangor trying That's to find awesome. Stephen King things. And I was just like, I just bought this book from you. I could have just brought my what I bought on a new comic book day to you and have you sign it, but no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just small, shop small businesses as much as you can. And that includes creators, like you said. Um, but 
the approach is available now. Anything else that you want to promote at all? I mean, I think it's just the approach right now, right? Uh, I mean, the approach right now, um, I have been in the eternal cycle of waiting for my big Kickstarter homology. Uh, I did that project. Uh, it's being printed. And as you know, anything, any, anything being printed right now because of um, you know the printing markets stuff shutting down, paper shortages, yeah. it's been. I'm not. I'm patient with other people, but I'm not really patient with like my stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you produce a book and I'm waiting on it, I'll be like, cool, it'll get here when it gets here. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I'm like, it needs to be. You know, I'm like grumpy and growly all the time. But we've been. I've been waiting as patiently as I can for this book. And, and all of all of my supporters were really patient and have been. And so uh, we, I'm getting ready to do a big announcement because I think it's actually being tossed on a boat to be shipped to me very soon. There you go. So like in the next couple of weeks, it'll be a nice, I don't think I'll get it by the holidays. That would be weird, but it's coming from Asia. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Maybe, but you um, might get it by the holidays. But I, I might get it by the holidays. <laughs> no one else is getting it by the holidays. Right. But um, but it's but but I'm going to turn it around. Yeah. But we um did announce that um we're doing a the 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 book the edition that people were getting from the Kickstarter the backers. It's a hardcover. It's a beautiful spot you know, spot yeah. gloss fan. It's spot gloss and all nine you know the whole nine yards. It's it's a beautiful collection. But we are doing a stripped down version that doesn't have like all the bonus material. It's going to be a soft cover. It's going to be slightly smaller size. Uh, it's going to be coming out from Image in May. Cool. So everybody that backed the book will have it in hand well before it comes out. That's a thing that I, maybe that's part of where I, why I'm so grumpy about it. I'm like, this needs to be, you know, like... <laughs> We we originally were talking about uh, releasing um, the soft cover from Image in March, and I was like, "That's not enough." You know, like I can't, like I just, I can't. I have to have it in every single backer's hand prior to it being right. released in another format. But um, but Anthology is going to be coming out in May from Image Comics. It's uh, it's my pandemic short story horror collection. Uh, it's about the thoughts and feelings that we had during the pandemic. It's not literally like it's all it's all horror stories or post-apocalyptic yeah. stories or weird, creepy slice of life stories. Um, it's not actually about you know COVID or anything like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, I was I was like I don't want to I want to tell stories about the the anger or loneliness or feelings. Yeah, you know, not not actually you know all the the really yeah. tough stuff. So. <laughs> But yeah, but that's out in May. So, so, you know, you can check that out when it, you know, it's a few months out, but yeah, it'll be. Oh, well, that's that. And I said, like I said, this summer or the approach will be in a trade as well. And yeah. we'll add it to our trade paperback graphic novel club reading list so that everybody else, the club can read it too. Cause Perfect. I, I, I am ecstatic about it so far. I've read two, two issues. Um, and again, I got to read issue two a couple weeks ago because I got it from, yeah. Google, but, <laughs> but yeah, I got it. This there was the 30th. I got that, um, the actual print version of it so um but yeah i appreciate you coming on chatting you know and in probably hopefully sometime in the future when you have another project going on you'll come yeah, back on and yeah. chat about that for sure too and, oh, and I, uh, I i love chatting so yeah, it's good
Absolutely. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, and again, jeremyhan.com is the easiest place to find everything right. Um, right. in the world of Jer- uh, Jeremy. And then, uh, yeah, go go uh, follow Jason also. on. on yeah, yeah. I'll follow, follow Jason on social media. This is Jason A. Hurley on everything that he's on. If you if you have a an intense longing for uh, rom bad rom-com Christmas movies. Follow and we we as uh, as people who I follow him and, and enjoy his work and as your friend your co-writer and, and friend, um, we don't have a problem with you waiting till January to follow him on those social media as well. Right, so right. You can exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, understand if you do, yes. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you coming on again. And again, uh, JeremyHan.com, the approach is available now with Boom Studios. All right. Thanks so much for having me, man.